I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, you're listening to the 99th episode of this podcast. I'm so excited because it's finally going to hit 100 and I honestly did not expect it to be you know, reaching this number. Um, I started this podcast as just an avenue of sharing information and have actually really thoroughly enjoyed hosting it and getting to know more people along the way. So as a celebration, I would love to give someone a free coaching call with me. All you have to do is leave a review and five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and I will choose the best review. So this giveaway will last until August 18th, so make sure you get your reviews in by then, and I will announce the winner on the 100th episode. Hi everyone, say hi to Katie Doyleby. She's a certified nutritionist based in the Pacific Northwest. Katie guides women in understanding food and lifestyle choices that help quell hormonal chaos to improve their menstrual cycles, energy levels, and blood sugar health. I have her on the show today to talk about her own PCOS experience and how she uses tea to help with the symptoms of PCOS like acne and hirsutism. I'm really excited to have her on. So welcome, Katie. Thank you, Melissa. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, I always, I actually started out this podcast by interviewing a lot of women with PCOS because I wanted it to be very niche and, you know, have PCOS women tell their stories. Um, so I want to know what your experience with PCOS is like. Yeah, well, I love that you provide this space for women to share their stories, because as we both know, everybody is on a different journey and has a different story when it comes to their own PCOS. And um, a lot of times it can feel really frustrating um, because, in, at least in my own experience, I felt like a lot of doctors that I was um, seeking support from just didn't know a lot about PCOS or have a lot of experience with PCOS. And it, it just seemed to come to a dead end a lot of times. So it's great to give uh, women a voice for their story. When it comes to my own experience with PCOS, I would have to go all the way back to high school because um, mm -hmm. I was experiencing, ever since I started my period, I always experienced really heavy painful menstrual cycles. And then of course in high school, going through a lot of hormonal changes, I had acne and um, it was actually my dermatologist who recommended that I go on birth control. Mm -hmm. So I got on birth control to help uh, with my menstrual cycles and the acne. Um, and I was on birth control for about five years when I started learning more about some of the potential side effects of birth control. 
And some of them were really scary to me, like um, women struggling to get pregnant after coming off birth control, really struggling with their menstrual cycles or having symptom flare-ups after getting off of birth control. So it became very clear to me that the birth control was not fixing anything. It was more of just, um, you know, a Band-Aid approach, if anything. And so I pretty much immediately stopped taking birth control then and there. And I did have my period for a little while. And then I moved abroad. So I actually moved to Beirut, Lebanon. And that's when I started seeing a lot of symptoms flaring up. So first I lost my period. I lost my period for about four months. I gained about 30 pounds in weight. I had um, way worse acne than I, than I had ever experienced in high school. So just really intense, like cystic, painful acne. And then um, the hirsutism. So the hirsutism is um, hair growth for places that are typical for men that women might experience um, when, when they have the excess androgen levels. So that might be hair like dark, coarse hair on their face, chest, back. Um, so I was experiencing much more than I ever had before birth control. You know, I, I always kind of had like a little bit of darker hair, but it was not really that noticeable. But after um, coming off the pill, it it was very noticeable. And so um, all of those things started to give me a lot of anxiety. I didn't know what was going on with my body. And I found in Beirut a sexual health clinic. And so I booked an appointment there, was maybe in with the doctors for about 10 minutes going over my symptoms and they said PCOS. And that was the first time I had ever heard of PCOS. Um, so they sent me to a medical center to get some blood work done, have an ultrasound done. And then from there I went to go see a medical doctor. And this medical doctor um, was actually more, in my opinion, was more in line with naturopathic medicine because he came from kind of a natural approach. And so he talked to me at length about hormones and what my hormones might be doing and that I didn't need to go on medication, that this could be managed with lifestyle changes. So dietary changes, exercise and targeted supplementation. So I took his advice right away and within a month, I had lost most of the weight. Um, my acne was subsiding substantially. Um, the anxiety was going down. I just felt more in control of my health. Um, so some of the things that I did uh, were eliminating gluten, eliminating dairy, um, watching my sugar intake, and then I started running. So I got really into the groove of this new exercise routine. Um, and all of those things really helped me feel empowered. From there, when I got back to the States, I would mention PCOS to a lot of my healthcare providers. Um, and I got a mixed bag of results. So some of them agreed with me and said, you know, you're doing all you can, you're managing it pretty well, you're good. And some of them said, you, you can't have PCOS, you're lean, um, or you you know, we looked at your ultrasound and we didn't see the, the string of pearls or the cysts that are um, typical for people with PCOS. And 
what we know now is that it's not just one criteria criteria for diagnosing the PCOS. So that the the cyst is just one picture of it, um, but there's so many ways that women can present with PCOS. So it can be really um, stressful and discouraging to um, try and get a solid diagnosis or get support from your healthcare practitioner. Um, but what I found that was when I did a lot of my own research and, and learning about PCOS, that was that was really the turning point for me because I that helped me feel more empowered. That is, an, you know, first of all, thanks for outlining your entire experience. Um, I think there are a lot of common kind of points there where women, um, you know, don't feel heard by their doctors or they're just given the birth control pill. Um, it didn't really help anything. Um, I'm so glad that you found that doctor in, um, in Beirut that actually helped you within a month, right, to get all your symptoms in order and all that. And I feel like if someone's listening to this, they're like, oh, how did you do that? Um, and, you know, a lot of like the solutions you outlined were very lifestyle based and you found things that were working for you. Um, I also know that you mentioned actually working with a health coach before. Um, what was that like? Well, was that after you got back to the States? And why did you want to seek a health coach if you were already, you know, in a pretty good state? So I actually was working with a health coach, funny enough, prior to going to Lebanon. So, right. you know, oh, I that was okay back then. Known, yeah. <laughs> I did have known about all of the, the diet changes I was making. Um, but living abroad, you know, I was wanting to experience the food and the culture and that kind of yeah, felt for, sure. for me. Um, so the reason I sought the help of a health coach was actually for a different condition that I have called GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease. And so that um, is just basically like really severe heartburn and I couldn't um, I couldn't manage it on my own so I started working with a health coach I worked with her for about four months mm -hmm. prior to working with her I did not think about nutrition and how food can um, make us feel worse or help us feel better so it just never I never put two and two together after working with her, I saw so many ways in which food was impacting my health. And so over the span of four months, we um, weaned me off of the Prilosec that I had been taking for nine years for my heartburn. And I, she taught me just how to manage it through food and supplementation. So we basically started with a cleanse to, to have a clean slate to work with. Um, she taught me how to cook. She taught me what foods to focus on. Mm -hmm. She taught me about supplementation. So before I worked with her, I didn't even feel like supplementation was necessary because I felt like you can get it, you know, all the nutrients you need from your food sources. Right. Uh, but it was very eye-opening to learn that um, nowadays our soil is really depleted of nutrients and that filters through to our produce. So a lot of our produce doesn't have the same quality of nutrients that it used to have. Right, yeah, and that is so important. I think, um, you know, 
I think health coaching is also a relatively new field in the industry and, you know, people don't really know what that is like. So having you talk about your experience with a health coach, it sounds like you got so much benefit out of it. Like, you know, about food and supplements, and then you also learn how to cook, which is like a really good tool for helping us to heal. Um, So was this where you kind of discovered like the benefits of using tea or where does that come into play? Um, uh, no, I would say tea, um, kind of came after that. I would say, um, you know, to working, working with a health coach, um, it also kind of changed the course of my life in the field of nutrition too, which kind of tied into my tea later on. But I, I did decide that, um, I wanted to learn more about nutrition and teach others about it. Um, so I actually went back to school to study nutrition and, and then I went on to become a health coach myself. So where tea came in was I've always enjoyed, um, having hot tea in the morning. I mean, as far back as high school, I can remember. Um, but it wasn't until I went back to school for nutrition that I decided to learn more about properties of herbs and how much potential they have to heal and soothe our bodies. And so right before starting my master's program, I did an internship at an herb shop. And that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) I was exposed to, I mean, I thought I knew about tea, (laughs) but I was exposed to so many herbs that I had never even heard of and and the names were so funny. And so in the process of getting to know some of these herbs, our our, uh, internship really fostered a sense of um, being being with the herbs. So we would do um, tea time meditations. We basically could just pick whatever herb we wanted to for the day, brew a cup of tea and then just meditate with it. And then after we were done drinking our tea, we would read about that herb. We would read about all the beneficial properties. And I just kind of like dove headfirst into this world of herbs. And I, I loved um, when I would leave the shop each mm-hmm. time, I would like have the herb smell on me for the rest of the day. And I <laughs> loved that. So that sounds talking. like the best internship ever by the way like usually when people think about internship it's just like you're doing all the like making coffee for people yeah. you know and all that like that sounds amazing yeah I had to do some of those duties you know I had to sweep the floor and clean up <laughs> the day right. but for the most part it was such an eye-opening experience Um, So I went on to learn more about herbs during my graduate program. I took a class on herbal blending. Mm -hmm. And so that was focused on finding herbs that complemented each other that could support, um, you know, whatever ailment or whatever issue you were working on. And so that's when I really learned, oh, so you can you can harness the power of herbs even further by combining them together. Um, So then I started kind of tinkering with making my own blends. And then I would have people like friends and family come to me and be like, do you have a tea for this? Do you have an, uh, so um, I would, I would just start blending kind of like custom teas for people. 
Um, so that's kind of where tea came from. And I just feel like tea is so versatile for what we, um, what we need from it. So it can help boost our energy, but it can also be really relaxing and help calm us down. Um, it can be there to lift our moods. It can help support hormonal balance. It can help soothe an upset stomach. Even a broken heart, tea can be really soothing when you're going through a hard time. And I find that the whole process of making a cup of tea is, and this probably goes back to the meditations that I learned how to do at the internship, but the whole process of making a cup of tea is very soothing and comforting to me. So making, you know, finding the herbs that I need for that, that moment in time, blending them together, um, boiling water and then pouring the, the water over the herbs and inhaling the scent and then sitting down to enjoy a warm cup of tea and letting that tea just bathe my insides. It's all just a really soothing process for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm also a very tea person. Um, and you know, the one big thing about tea that I really like is that it can be non-caffeinated you know, like as compared to coffee. And then, yeah, there's so many benefits of tea too. Like it can actually help you to sleep, right? There are some blends that can help you to do that. Um, I'm really curious, like how did you realize like the benefits of tea that can help with like emotional and physical discomfort? So like you said, like it's good for like a, a broken heart, but um, you know, how did you come to realize that it can help with that? I think just using it in my own life, um tea just kind of became like my, my source of comfort. So um, some, and I'm with you that, that tea doesn't have to have caffeine, although there's some controversy around that in the <laughs> right. world that, you know, true tea is <laughs> like green tea and black tea that has the caffeine. But um, I consider tea to be the herbal family as well. And that's primarily what I've always focused on is the herbal teas. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the whole ritual itself, I find very soothing, but there, there are lots of properties to tea too, um, that can help support relaxation and the healthy stress response. So just unwinding when we're trying to come down from a stressful event or an emotional roller coaster ride. Um, and especially because tea is so aromatic, mm -hmm. those aromatics um, can, can go right to the brain and help, you know, promote um, mental well-being as well. So I'm sure you're familiar with aromatherapy and how that works. Um, a lot of people use things like essential oils for um, mental well-being and mental health too. And I, I find that tea can work in, in a lot of those same aspects. Yes, when you said aromatherapy, I thought about like a tea blend that I got from, you know, a friend who's an herbalist. She makes this blend, which is called like a soothing tea and she puts like rose and like lavender in it. And every time I brew that, it smells so flowery and floral and it's just, I don't know, it's very, very feminine. I love it. <laughs> lavender is really great too, because it's so aromatic mm -hmm. that I'm sure when you make that cup of tea, you smell it right away and it's, it's just soothing and lavender is a very soothing herb. So, you know, going back to kind of like PCOS, 
what are your favorite teas and herbs to actually manage like acne and hirsutism? My number one favorite herb is spearmint. Um, I found a lot of benefits in using spearmints to help um, lower the androgen levels. So typically uh, people with PCOS tend to have high androgen levels and androgens are thought to be the quote unquote male hormone. And I put it in quotes because women make them too, but um, tend to make less of them. Um, and so for women with PCOS, uh, they tend to have higher than normal levels of those androgens. So spearmint tea can be really helpful for um, lowering those androgen levels, uh, which can in turn help reduce hirsutism and acne as well. Um, I like to make medicinal strength spearmint tea. Um, medicinal strength is more potent. So you're allowing your herbs to sit in the water for a longer period of time. So you could do either like a cold brew where you put the spearmint in water and then you put it in the fridge overnight, strain it and drink it the next day. Or you can do a hot, a hot brew where you just pour hot water over the spearmint and let it sit for about an hour. I always recommend covering um, whatever vessel you're brewing the tea in as well, because it keeps a lot of those um, aromatics in uh, the tea. So you don't want those to evaporate into the air. You want to keep those in your tea. So spearmint every, every single day can be really beneficial. Um, another really good one is green tea. So this would be a caffeinated tea, but green tea is really great for supporting insulin function. So for women that have women with PCOS that have insulin resistance, uh, green tea can be really great for supporting insulin function as well as healthy metabolism. And it can also help reduce uh, testosterone levels for women with PCOS as well. And then another great thing about green tea is that it's really high in antioxidants, which is really good for the skin. Um, so if you think about how much of an assault your skin gets just by going outside, um, we have a lot of pollutants in the air, um, UV radiation, so it can be exposed to a lot of things. So having good antioxidants in your tea, in your food, even in your skincare can be provide a really good buffer. So that's why you'll see a lot of green tea now popping up in our skincare products. Right. Um, and then I would also say some beneficial teas for supporting the liver can be really beneficial. And this goes beyond women with PCOS. I think everybody could use some liver support. Again, going back to all of the toxins that are in our foods, in our water, um, you know, pesticides and herbicides that come through in our foods. It's just, we're just being a human in today's world. We're exposed to so many toxins. and. I have an analogy that is a little bit crude, but it kind of helps drive home the point of what your liver does in your body. So you can think of your liver like a toilet. Every time you use the toilet, you're, you wanna flush it. because You wanna get rid of that waste. If you're not flushing the toilet, then that waste is going to build up. And over time, your toilet's gonna get clogged and it's not gonna function as properly. So it's the same kind of concept, although very simplified um, with how the liver works. Toxins can build up in the body. Um, for women with PCOS, also 
excess hormones can build up in the body. So we want to make sure to support the liver so that it can do its job to flush those toxins and flush those excess hormones so that those toxins and hormones are not recirculating, doing more damage. So my favorite herbs for supporting liver health are going to be dandelion and milk thistle. Um, both of those support the liver's ability to function optimally <clears throat> mm -hmm. detox from our toxic world. So dandelion tea is, um, can be really robust too. So it's got a lot of flavor and I like to use dandelion tea in, um, I make like an herbal coffee blend. So it doesn't have right. any caffeine in it. And you can even find, um, herbal coffees that have dandelion in them. If you're trying to wean yourself off coffee or just really like the taste of coffee, um, there's some dandelion blends out there that are really tasty. Dandy blend. That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. I was thinking about that when you said dandelion. <laughs> Right. There's another one called Ticino. Um, okay. Some of their blends have dandelion as well. And that awesome. one's really good. Yeah. Um, and then I think, I think those would be like the main herbs that I would focus on. Um, so the, the spearmint, really important, the green tea, the dandelion and milk thistle. And then when you're also um, clearing your liver, that's also going to support skin health as well, because our skin is a detox organ. So we want to make sure our body is, is detoxing. And deto with detoxing, I think people kind of get nervous about, because they think they have to do like a really intense cleanse. But these are herbs that you can implement into your everyday life that give you um, just a, a boost for your liver to do its job every day without having to do any kind of intense cleanse or protocol. Yeah, totally. I think detox is a big word. Um, I love all the recommendations for the teas. And on the topic of detoxification, I also wanted to add that, um, you know, when we help our liver to enhance like its function to detox and remove toxins from the body, it's also really important that we are like sweating or peeing or pooping so that those toxins that are supposed to be excreted won't you know, recirculate in our bodies too. So that also comes, that's where, you know, the lifestyle habits, um, like exercise comes into play. Definitely. Yeah. There's so many ways to support the body's ability to move toxins through and out. So on that note, you know, moving away from like tea, how else do you actually support someone with PCOS? Uh, wow. So I, this is a big, big question. question. Yeah, I, I, know. I love this question. Um, and everybody is going to look different in how they present and what they might be struggling with. Um, but there are some basic foundations for supporting um, just healthy hormonal balance. And for people that have PCOS, but we want to think of it as a holistic approach. And I've listened to some of your episodes. So I know that you talk a lot about this. Like we want to um, think of health in terms of um, every area, nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, um, supplements. So I kind of look at all of those areas, but with nutrition being kind of my first go-to because that's where my expertise lies. Um, mm -hmm. That's a really big one for me. And going back to what that doctor in Beirut told me is that with some 
lifestyle and dietary changes, this can be really manageable. And there's a lot of control. A lot of times people um, who have hormonal conditions or women with PCOS, they don't feel like they're in control of what's going on with their body. But there's so many ways that we can take control of our health by making some adjustments. So for nutrition, um, what I, how I would support somebody is um, looking at healthy blood sugar balance. So how is their diet supporting their blood sugar? So eating lots of vegetables, eating quality proteins. What I mean by quality proteins is um, proteins that aren't going to have hormones and antibiotics in them. We don't want to get extra hormones from our food source. So we want to be eating uh, grass-fed, organic, free-range, those are the kinds of things we want to look for with our um, proteins, our animal proteins. And then healthy fats can be really beneficial. We need healthy fats to support our hormonal function. So things like avocados and um, extra virgin olive oil and nuts and seeds and, and eggs, freshwater fish, so important, especially things like salmon, because we get a lot of the omega-3 fatty acids that can be really good for um, helping to support inflammation in the body. Speaking of inflammation, um, getting rid of inflammatory foods. So um, things like sugar, processed foods, deep fried foods, um, a lot of people have trouble tolerating dairy. So if you're one of those people removing dairy, that's another thing that can be related to acne as well. Right. So removing dairy, if you do eat dairy, making sure that you're getting, again, those organic hormone-free sources of dairy. Um, gluten is another big one that we would take a look at. Um, gluten has the tendency to um, disrupt the intestinal lining, which can cause inflammation in the body. A lot of times people with PCOS have inflammation going on, but I think a lot of people just in general have inflammation going on. So taking a look at those kinds of foods that might be causing inflammation as well. And then um, outside of nutrition, I would say stress such a big one. So um, I think every healthcare practitioner should be addressing stress with uh, their patients and their clients because we all experience stress. We might not even notice, but we are, um, especially in, in these times that we're in now, it's really stressful. And what I always recommend is not waiting for that stressor to come along to do stress management, but doing something every single day to build your resiliency. So a lot of times people, they go to the big things. They think, well, booking a massage helps me relax um, mm -hmm. or going on vacation. But those are things that we can't really do. All the time. <laughs> yeah, unless you have like all these resources to be able to do it and, and funds, you can't do these things every day. But what can you do every day that helps you unwind? You know, even if it's just a 10 minute meditation or going for a walk, or calling a friend. Um, I really like to recommend that people find a way to laugh. So watching a comedy, laughter can be so, so beneficial in so many ways for helping us cope and manage stress. Um, I would also say exercise is really important. Um, 
but I like to say, you know, movement is a better way to think of it than exercise because a lot of times exercise makes people think of going to the gym and pumping iron, but we don't necessarily need to move our bodies in that way. Um, especially considering that exercise uh, releases cortisol and cortisol mm -hmm. is, is beneficial, but too much can um, be detrimental and it is a stress hormone um, and it can interfere with the production of other hormones like our, our steroid hormones like estrogen and progesterone. It could also interfere with our melatonin production, which is beneficial for sleep. So we want to make sure through our stress management and not overdoing it with exercise that we have healthy cortisol levels. So your movement routine um, could look like yoga or going for a walk or stretching. And I love these things, especially um, like the week leading up to menstruation, because you want to kind of go easy on your body during that time to give your, your body the best support. Um, high intensity interval training is a good one for supporting healthy insulin function. But again, just being mindful of not, not overdoing it. So I, when I do hit workouts, they're 20 minutes max. And then I always follow it with a cool down and a stretch. And that helps just bring the cortisol levels back down. Right. I'm so glad, by the way, that you brought up the whole exercise piece. Um, because I also know a lot of PCOS women, you know, they try to lose weight and, you know, they overexercise, but under eat and that can actually like worsen periods or cause an absence of periods. Um, I think our approach to movement is very similar because I also, you know, recommend to my clients, like look at which phase of the menstrual cycle you're in and then choose the exercise, you know, um, that is appropriate to that. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, that's a that's such a good point you made too about um, our tendency is to think that especially for people that are struggling with weight that if we push ourselves through hard workouts and restrict calories that we will lose weight. But like you said, that can actually have the opposite effect. And right. so I have heard so many times where women say things like, I go to the gym two hours a day and I'm not losing weight. Mm -hmm. You're putting your body through a lot of stress. And what happens when your body is in a lot of stress is it will hang on to a lot of calories that you're giving it, especially if you're giving it restricted amount. So your body is going to resist losing weight and it's going to be that much harder. So um, being very aware of that is so important. Yeah, for sure. I think that's going to be another episode that I should focus on. It's a whole yeah, topic. Great one. Um, I do have two more things if, if yes, we have time. For sure. Um, so sleep is another big one. Mm -hmm. And sleep is something that I, in my own life, I prioritize as like my number one. So I plan my whole schedule around my sleep. And um, if, if you've ever been sleep deprived, you may notice that the next day you find yourself reaching for extra snacks. And that's because your body is looking for a, a way to have more energy to fuel itself because it's feeling depleted. And so oftentimes we tend to overeat as a result of being sleep deprived. Um, we can also become more insulin resistant when we're sleep deprived. Um, 
which is a big one for people, a lot of people with PCOS. So getting a good night of sleep is so important. And this is where tea can be a part of your nighttime routine. Um, so having a nice cup of chamomile or lavender tea. Personally, I love catnip tea. And um, catnip is known for what you give your cats to, and they go psycho over it. But humans, it's actually very calming. It's really good for anxiety. So having a, a cup of catnip tea in the morning is a really, or sorry, in the evening is a really nice way to unwind. And then my last piece would be supplements. So I'm always, now I'm, you know, being a huge proponent of supplements finding ways to um, fill in any nutrient gaps that people might not be getting from their diet and also finding targeted supplements to help um, with whatever, you know, the person in front of me is needing extra support on. So um, that's where it can be really helpful to work with a healthcare practitioner or someone who specializes in hormones because they can help tailor these things to what you need as an individual. That's a really good wrap up. I think, um, you know, from all the things that you outline, it's not something new either. Everybody knows to a general extent, right? Like sleep is important and movement and all that. Um, but I think the advantage of working like with health coaches like us is that, um, you know, sometimes it's really hard for people to prioritize certain things or transition to a new, like a cleaner way of eating so that's gonna be just the accountability and like the guidance provided that can really help too yeah definitely it can it can be really daunting to even know where to start mm -hmm. when um, it comes to hormones <laughs> yeah um, so having somebody there to guide you along the way and and we all need reminders too like you said we know that sleep is important we know that stress management is important but life can get away from us and we can forget even those very basic things for sure so if someone's listening to this and they really like you and they want to know more about your teas and how you support them um, where can they find you they can go to my website. So my website is wellness2atea.com and it is spelled like the tea you drink. So T-E-A. <laughs> um, and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under the same name, wellness to a tea. Um, they can also find me at katiedwileby.com, but um, <laughs> I won't spell it out for you here. Wellness to a tea. <laughs> is a much easier way to find me so yeah they can connect with me there um, and I have a blog post that talks a lot about hormonal health PCOS and using herbal teas as well as nutrition recommendations too that's awesome I'll definitely link all of that into the notes I also love that name wellness to a T I feel like it's very very specific very good um, well, thank you for your time today. I really enjoyed my time as I'm drinking my green tea and listening to you talk about teas. Love it. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, Melissa. Thanks so much for having me on.